Good morning, church. I guess we weren't expected to sing that next verse there. It's a joy to see all of you here this morning, some of you for the first time, and welcome, and glad to have all of you here. It's glad to worship with you online as well, and, and just glad to be here. We hope that our worship is going to give praise to God and honor Him, and, and that the Jesus Christ will also be lifted up as our Lord and Savior. Uh, may the Holy Spirit transform us and encourage us and intercede for us and convict us and lead us into a greater relationship with our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today about a term we probably heard for a long time in our life, the bomb of Gilead, but maybe we really don't know what that means. The bomb of Gilead. Gilead was just across the River Jordan from Judah, and it was known for its bomb, the bomb of Gilead. The bomb was extracted from certain trees in Gilead that served as a medicine that would soothe and cleanse and heal wounds. I think one of my favorite names that God calls himself in the Bible is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, God who heals me, the God who is the healer. God is the one who heals us. He says, I am the God who heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Aren't you glad we have a God like that? When you think about that, God not only heals us physically and mentally and, and emotionally, he also, very importantly, heals us spiritually. Just imagine for a moment a world where there's no forgiveness of sin. Just imagine in a world where people may not forgive you, and you can never find forgiveness, and there would be no God where there'd be forgiveness. What a horrible world that would be, wouldn't it? And then, what a wonderful world we live in because Jehovah is our healer. The bomb of Gilead is referenced three times in the Old Testament. In our text for today, it's going to be used as a metaphor to describe the sin-sick soul, the soul that is sick with sin. Now, I think some of us are familiar with the term, the bomb of Gilead, not from Scripture itself, but from the song. How many of you have heard the song, The Bomb of Gilead? It was written by Nina Simone in the 1850s, and just a part of that is so uplifting, isn't it? There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Aren't you glad God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals our sin-sick soul? Now, one of the references to the bomb of Gilead is our main text for today. It's found in Jeremiah 8.22. And here, God asks three questions. He asks three questions of his people. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no doctor in Gilead? So why are the wounds of my people not healed? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Yes. There is plenty of bomb in Gilead. Is there no doctor in Gilead? Yes, there is a doctor in Gilead. So why are the wounds of my people not healed? And that is the question, isn't it? If there's plenty of bomb and there's a doctor to give that bomb, why are God's people not healed? So I want us to look at Jeremiah 8, and I want us to see what we can learn about this bomb of Gilead for the sin-sick soul. First of all, we need the bomb of Gilead, don't we? The spiritually ill need the bomb of Gilead. 
If you look earlier in Jeremiah 8, since you're there, I want you to back up to the first few verses of Jeremiah 8, beginning in verse 5. And here it describes the spiritual condition of the people. And once again, a series of questions are asked by God to his people. In verse 5, why have the people turned away? Did you know the word repentance means to turn? And so you're turning around from going one direction to start going in a different direction. In this case, God says the question, why have you turned away from me? Why are you going in a different direction, Jerusalem? And then in verse 6, the question God says that the people are asking, well, what have I done? It's kind of like someone getting caught like your child doing something they're not supposed to be doing. You go, well, what have I done? That's what they say, right? I, I haven't done anything. Why are you after me? And this is what the people are saying to God. Well, what have I done? Instead of being filled with repentance, they're filled with pride. This is what they're doing. And what have they done? They're saying, I haven't done anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm okay. I feel great. Everything's just in life. It's just good with me. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing okay. When you know underneath, when you know below the surface, things are not a-okay, are they? But we say, I've done nothing. Jeremiah verse 9, what kind of wisdom do they have? They've turned away from God. Instead of using God's word for healing, instead of that, they are now traditionally home. Well, I'm a child of God. Yes, I follow after God. But they refuse to obey or listen or turn their life around. The spiritually ill need the bomb of Gilead. Now, all of us are spiritually ill, right? All of us are spiritually ill. We need the bomb of Gilead. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, from your head to your toes, there is nothing healthy about you. Bruises, cuts, and open sores go without care or oil to ease and heal the pain. Now, again, he's talking in a metaphorical way. He's talking about the physical, but actually referring to the spiritual. Without God, we have a sin-sick soul from head to toe. That's what he's saying there. King David knew about a sin-sick soul that could cause physical illness, right? After his affair with Bathsheba, and before Nathan the prophet ever talked to him, David is already talking about his sin-sick soul and his physical condition. In Psalm 32, he writes, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Hear that? I, I want to be that way again. I want to have that blessing upon me. That's what David's saying. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit there's no deceit. See, David's telling you what he's feeling like on the inside, right there, his sin-sick soul. And here is what he says. When I kept silent, in other words, when I did not repent, my bones wasted away. That's physical, right? Through my, and groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was zapped as in the heat of the summer. David had a sin sickness about his soul that was manifested physically, Right? He needed the healing of Jehovah Rapha. Now, not all physical illness is because of, of sin. Don't misunderstand me there. But there are some times in your life when you are physically sick because you have a sin-sick soul. I know that. In fact, I'm so confident of that. Some of you who are hearing this message, whether today or later on, will hear what I've just read from David, Psalm 32, and you say, that describes me to a T. I am absolutely sick because of the guilt I have in my life. My soul is sin-sick and is being manifested physically in my life. You know you need the bomb of Gilead, don't you? 
You need it for your sin-sick soul. I think in the ministry of Jesus in Mark chapter 2, when four men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus. Remember that story? And they brought him there. The house is filled. They can't get him in. So what do they do? They do the most logical thing, don't they? They climb the roof and cut a hole in the guy's roof. Now, that's not very logical, but that's what they did. It shows their commitment, their persistence. They cut a hole in the roof, and they lower the man down in front of the crowd, in front of Jesus. Now, I want you to watch. I want you to notice the very first words that Jesus says to that paralyzed man. The very first words that he says to that paralyzed man are what? Your sins are forgiven. Not get up and walk. The very first thing he says to that man is something that he knew that man needed more than anything else. More than ever walking again. He needed his sin-sick soul to be healed. And I'm telling you, if that man had walked out that, had not walked out that day, or rather was still carried out and his sins were forgiven, he received the greatest healing of all, didn't he? Amen? The sin-sick soul was healed by Jesus. Jesus knew that that man needed a healing of his soul more than walking out that door. And so later in the conversation, when the people are furious that Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, here's what he said. He said, I want you to know that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. He is the healer of our sin sick soul. He said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And the man did so. The man went home with a healed soul and healed feet, didn't he? Amen? God is the healer. He knows. He's our bomb of Gilead. We need that. In the letter to James, in the last chapter of James, James is writing to the church, and he says, if any of you are sick, here's what you need to do. You call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person what? Well, the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Now, what James tells you here is that God is the God of healing for us physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually this is the God who gives us the bomb that we need that for the spiritually ill the sin sick soul needs the bomb of Gilead now another thing we learned about the bomb of Gilead that was very near it was just across the river Jordan wasn't it? just across there they didn't have to go to India they didn't have to go to Egypt they didn't have to travel far away that bomb of Gilead was just across the river very easy access to get to so again in Jeremiah 8, this time I'm looking at verse 19, just a couple of verses before our main verse today. Here's what it talks about God as being near to us. God asks two questions. Is the Lord not in Zion? What's the answer? Of course he's in Zion. That's Jerusalem. Is her king no longer there? Who's the king of Zion? God is. That's the obvious answer. God is near. He says, I'm right here in Zion. I'm right here in Jerusalem where my people live. Why do you still have these wounds? I'm the doctor who can heal you of your sin sickness, and yet these wounds remain. He's near. He's there. I love the scripture that says that God is not very far from any one of us. He's always near. David knew that, for in Psalm 41, David says, The Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul. For I have sinned against you. There's a sin sickness in my soul. There's guilt here. Lord, I need your healing. I know you're near. Be merciful. Or how about Psalm 148? The Lord is near to all 
who call on him. Do you believe that? The Lord is near to all who call on him. The bomb of Gilead is not only needed, but it's near, but it was also known for its pleasing fragrance. It's pleasing fragrance. Some 800 years before Jeremiah's time, merchants are already through the Levant and through Egypt are in India as well, just taking this as a fragrance, as a bomb to be taken all over those areas. Merchants made money off this. It was a great profit for them. It had a pleasing fragrance to it. In fact, 800 years prior, you have the brothers of Joseph and Joseph, the children of Jacob. Remember the brothers of Joseph had decided they're going to sell him into slavery, right? And on the way, they throw him in the pit, and along comes these merchants, this caravan, going to Egypt. And they sell Joseph to these merchants who are on their way to Egypt with this bomb of Gilead and also other spices and ointments as well. The fragrance of that bomb was pleasing. How many of you ever had a medicine you didn't want to take because it smelled so horrible? <laughs> you know? Or you wanted, didn't take that medicine to be good for you, but it tasted so awful? The beautiful thing about the bomb of Gilead, I'm told, is that the fragrance of that medicine was soothing. The fragrance helped to heal because of the aroma. You know the fragrance of God's salvation is pleasing to those who are saved. It has a sweet smell to it. It's pleasing. It's interesting about the sacrifices in the Bible when the people of Israel are giving sacrifices for, for forgiveness of sin and for thanksgiving. It says that their sacrifices to God were like an aroma that's pleasing to God. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been around animals that have been burned. It doesn't have a very pleasing smell. But what God says, I want you to remember when you smell these animals burning in the sacrifice. I want you to know that this is a pleasing smell to me. It's the fragrance of salvation. It's a fragrance of obedience. And when we turn to God and we worship him and we're faithful to him and we offer up prayers to him, the Bible tells us that those are pleasing fragrance to him as well. The bomb of Gilead was a pleasing fragrance. It was also precious. It was precious because it was costly. People who tried to extract the bomb from Gilead of those trees could only get as many as about 40 drops of that bomb a day. It was laborious. It was costly because it was so precious because it took so much to get the oil from the tree. That was so significant. The bomb of Gilead was needed it was that so costly and so precious, and because it worked. The bomb of Gilead worked. It was brought healing to people. It cleansed, it soothed, and healed the wounds. So I want you to go back to Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22. And here's what it says. The doctor used the bomb of Gilead to heal the wounds. But here's the question. Why are the spiritual wounds not being healed? Why are my people not being healed? If God is the healer, then why do I still have these spiritual wounds? Why do I have this sin-sick soul? And here's the answer. It's not because there's not a doctor. It's not because there's not enough of it. It's because you did not apply it. You did not apply it to your wound. Have you ever had a friend or a family member who gets on medicine because they need to be on medicine and it makes them feel better? 
And then once they start feeling better, they get off the medicine. Do you know how frustrating that is to family members and friends who see you get well from taking the right medicine, and then once you get well, you get off the medicine because you think you're doing okay and you mess things up again? Do you realize how ridiculous that is? And yet, how many people do that all the time? They take the medicine, should be continuing to take the medicine, but once they start feeling okay, they quit taking the medicine, right? It's not only frustrating to family members and friends, just think how upsetting it is to the person who gets into that cycle. And it's a vicious cycle. It ruins you. It can destroy you. They begin to think they don't need the medicine. They're feeling fine now and don't need it. And then they get sick again, but then they become stubborn when their family and friends say, you need to get back on the medicine. Oh, I'm not going to get back on that stuff. I don't need it. Hear it? Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Maybe you're not the family or friend. Maybe you're that person, all right? There is a bomb in Gilead. There's plenty of it. There is Jehovah Rapha, the great physician. He is there. But if you don't apply it, your soul will remain sick. And you'll say you're doing just fine. Everything's okay. I'm at peace with my life. And you know you're not. You know you're not. Jeremiah 8, go back. Here's these questions again. Why have the people turned away? Because they cling to deceit and they refuse to repent. Why does Jerusalem turn away? Because they won't turn back. They refuse to repent. What have I done? I'm okay. Everything's fine with me and my peace with my life. What are you doing? You're acting like a horse charging into battle. You're not listening. You're not listening. And what kind of wisdom do you have? None, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. You have refused to obey God's word. And if you stay that way, your soul is going to remain sick. Because they won't apply the medicine of repentance and obedience to the word of God. That healing balm cannot work because it's not being applied. I'm here to tell you, sadly, in our time, like in Jeremiah's time, there are people who will hold on to the form of religion, but deny the healing power of the balm of Gilead. They deny it. They don't let it work. And they turn to other antidotes and other things to help them get well, and they won't. And that's why God summarizes here in Jeremiah 8 about the person who stubbornly refuses to use the bomb. He says, you dress up your wounds as though they're not serious, and you say, peace, peace, when there's no peace. That's okay. One day I'll get over it. I'll work it out. Don't worry about it. I'm okay with this. God says, no, you're so sick. Unless you apply the bomb of Gilead, it can't work. So let's return back to Jeremiah 8, 22, and let's bring this into our time today, okay? So this is important, isn't it? I hope some of this you've already started to apply. But here's the question for us. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no doctor in Gilead? So why are the wounds of my people not healed? Yes, there is a bomb in Gilead. Yes, there is a doctor in Gilead for our sin-sick souls. Even today, his name is Jesus. He's the great physician, He's the healer of our souls. And those who have spiritual wounds that are not healed have not applied the lordship of Jesus Christ into their life. They have not applied the bomb that Jesus offers of salvation through his death on the cross, the forgiveness of our sins. Now, Jesus is the bomb of Gilead 
that we all need. Romans chapter 3 states it clearly, right? What have all of us done together? We've all what? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And here's the most important part. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the answer to the sins in your life. Not only that, Jesus is near, isn't he? When Jesus came to this earth as a baby, the angel said his name is to be called Emmanuel. God is with us. I love Mac Lucado's book, God Came Near. You should read that book if you haven't read it recently. When God Came Near. He came as the great doctor, the one to heal our sins. In Luke chapter 5, it records a time in which the religious leaders are grumbling about Jesus' disciples. And they're grumbling because Jesus and his disciples are eating with tax collectors and sinners. They're associating with the sinners. And Jesus, and they say, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered, healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. I came not to call the righteous, but to what? But sinners to repentance. Jesus is near, isn't he? Not only is he near as a great physician, Paul says Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And more than that, Gilead was just across the River Jordan, nearby across the river. Today, when we talk about people oftentimes dying here in this world and going to heaven, we talk about it metaphorically, don't we? They have crossed over the River Jordan. There is nowhere in this universe, nowhere in eternity, where Jesus is not near and dear to you. And when we leave this life and cross over the River Jordan, we'll find him there as well. King of kings, Lamb of lambs, right? The Lord of lords, our Lord and our Savior. In fact, it, it talks about in this way, it says, look, I want you to notice when you go that in Revelation, you'll see this city. And in this city, there will be trees that will bear fruit every month, a different kind of fruit. And their leaves will be for what? The healing of the nations. Jesus is near. Jesus is near. Who brings that healing? Why is there no sorrow or sickness or death in heaven? Why is there healing in heaven and joy in heaven? Because Jesus came to be near to us. And the fragrance of Jesus, the fragrance that's so pleasing, like the balm of Gilead, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says of us that when we live our lives for God through Jesus Christ, it's like a sweet fragrance that's being rising up into the nose of God, the smell of God. We're sweet smelling unto him. That fragrance is not only pleasing, it's costly, right? During Jeremiah's day, to work to extract 40 drops a day was difficult work. But you think about what Jesus did for us. The preciousness, the costliness of what Christ did for us to give us this healing for our sin-sick soul. Peter says, you were bought with the precious blood of the death of Christ, who is like a pure and perfect lamb. God gives us that cure, that balm in him. It's a gift, a gift from God. Christ Jesus our Lord is a gift. Didn't cost us anything. It's given to us freely 
but it costs God dearly. Not only that, Jesus is the one then who heals us of our sins. 1 Peter 2, 24. He did this by his work on the cross. Christ carried our sins in the body on the cross. He did this so that we would stop living for sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. Now, like the balm of Gilead that was needed, that was near, that was fragrant, that was pleasing, and healing had to be applied, the salvation of Jesus Christ has to be applied. Jesus has done all this for you. It's, he's there. He's near. He's not far away from you, but you must apply him. And for those who've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you must turn to him for salvation. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from our sins. You might say, well, I want to be cleansed from my sins. How do I get cleansed from my sins? The blood of Jesus is not applied to your life. You are not freed from your sins. Your guilt is not washed away until, first of all, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You repent of your sins. You turn to Him. You confess Him as Lord, and you are immersed. You are baptized into His name. And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you die to that old life. You rise up in the new life. Sins are washed away, and your sick, sin-sick soul has been cured by the bomb of Gilead. Amen? That's what He does for them. That's what God does for you today. And I encourage you, whether you're online or here, if you've not done that, make that decision to have that cure that Jesus gives you. Now, to those of you who are Christians who find your souls to be sin-sick, do not stay in that guilt. Do not remain in that guilt. You can be made whole again. Uh, since we're already in 1 John chapter 1, let's drop down a couple of verses look at verse 9. Here's what you do. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See how near Jesus is? Prayer away. Lord, forgive me. Remove this guilt from me. Don't say everything's okay. Take it seriously. Lord, I need your healing power. I need your bomb of Gilead. I'm going to apply that. I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm going to take what you've given me so that you can free me out of that. Now, I said all those questions in Jeremiah. Remember, one question after another, one question. I have to go to Romans 8. I'll conclude here. Because here's a series of questions that are asked by Paul that show you how thoroughly and completely Jesus heals your soul. Okay? Here it is, beginning in verse 31. What shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Here's the answer. Jesus. God did not spare his own son. Second question. Will he not graciously give us all things? The answer, yes. God gave his son for us. Who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen? Answer number three. No one. It is God who justifies. Question four. Who then condemns? Answer, no one. Christ intercedes for you at, at the right hand of God. Fifth question, what shall separate you from the love of Christ? Answer, nothing. In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Jesus thoroughly, completely saves you, washes away your sins, and makes you whole again. Isn't that beautiful? There is a bomb in Gilead who makes the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead who heals the sin-sick soul. And his name 
is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Turn to him for the healing that your soul needs. Well, I hope this lesson has been encouragement to you today. And if we can help you in any way, if you're with us online, please write to the email address that's on the screen or, or call the phone call or call the phone number Monday through, Monday through Friday. And we'll get to back with you as soon as possible. If you're here this morning, you'd like to talk to one of our elders, Larry or Dale or Ken, about this. Please, after services, get with them and talk to them about this. But let's all leave here determined to have a soul healed by Jesus, to apply the bomb of Gilead to our lives. Will we do that? Let's sing this next song.